This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm Jim Irizarry. Community members had a chance to speak directly to the St. Joseph County Department of Health about issues that are important to them. The St. Joseph County Health Department holding a community meeting tonight to gather public opinion on how to spend new funding from the state. The department will be receiving money in January from the Health First Indiana program that is aimed at making sure all Hoosiers have access to core public health services. St. Joseph County opted into getting funding through the program and is estimated to get between $3.1 million and $4.2 million. New County Health Officer Dr. Diana Pershotham thinks the money will be a game changer for the department. It'll give us an opportunity to extend our footprint, reach out to people we haven't been able to reach out to, collaborate with community partners that we haven't had an opportunity to work with, and more importantly, have a stronger um, positive health impact on our community. She has been speaking with the community and learning more about what health issues are most important to them. Smoking cessation programs, chronic health problems, and cardiovascular disease are among the areas she has heard are the most important. There are lots of opportunities for improvement, but one of the biggest ones is the maternal infant health currently in terms of access um, to healthcare providers and then just making sure we, we do well with that whole process of prenatal care. Dozens of people showing up to tonight's meeting to make their voices heard and tell the health department firsthand what they think needs improvement. I know that infant mortality is a really big problem, St. Joe, compared to other parts of Indiana. Um, I, I want to see more of an emphasis a little bit on addiction services. This was the first of three community meetings in the area. The next opportunity to speak with the department is Thursday, September 14th in New Carlisle. WSBT's Asher Bookspan reporting. August 31st was International Overdose Awareness Day. Advocates say drugs are having a devastating impact on our communities. Parents and schools have warned about the dangers of using drugs, but the troubling reality remains. Overdoses are on the rise. Federal statistics show that more than 100,000 people died nationwide of an overdose last year. Today, National Overdose Awareness Day, bringing light to how some universities handle overdoses and protect their students. They all receive uh, safe training videos that they're expected to watch and required to watch and review and, and learn important information about safety and awareness related to many topics but particularly alcohol uh, and drug awareness, and also how to be a good bystander. How do you help and respond when there's an emergency or you see someone in need? If abused, it's possible to overdose on many substances, including alcohol, illicit drugs, and even prescribed medication. Klinky added Narcan, a medicine that rapidly reverses an opioid overdose, plays a vital role at Holy Cross University. And a on-campus counselor, nurse, and 24-7 safety and security team are always on standby. All of that are trained uh, in administering Narcan if there would be an emergency. Southwestern Michigan College also prepared to protect students with Narcan easily accessible for students. We're going to call 911 immediately, but we're also going to check the, uh, the person. If they're not breathing, we're going to grab Narcan. Uh, so we've got this in all our AED boxes as well as our first aid kits. And uh, we've trained our athletic staff, we trained our residential life staff, and a number of other staff on campus. Parrish also explaining, if you are a bystander, it's easy to spot when someone may need help. This age group, especially if you see someone and they've collapsed or they're not breathing especially, you know, we're not thinking heart condition necessarily or immediately, we're thinking this first. And if it is another issue, this won't bother Officials saying if you do see something, say something, and they recommend contacting 911 immediately in any case of a drug-related emergency, a move that could save a life. WSBT's Tiana Baxter reporting. 
A new strategy is being introduced to solve crimes more quickly in South Bend. Police want to partner with local business owners, and the city's helping to pay for it. The South Bend police want businesses to stay safe. In turn, police say businesses can be vital in getting information to them. The city now willing to help fund a partnership between the two. South Bend police say the help of a community is vital when it comes to keeping the city safe. So much so, South Bend is willing to pay for local businesses to upgrade their security equipment if they partner with the Real-Time Crime Center. Business owners could get up to $5,000 in grant money for things like installing cameras, better lighting, or even cloud storage for the video. We've had the Real-Time Crime Center up and running uh, since the beginning of the year. Uh, We have cameras integrated into it. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's only uh, so many uh, things the crime center can do if we don't have cameras where they need to be. Police Chief Scott Raskowski says most incidents do happen near businesses. Before, if a crime were committed at a business, police had to try to gather information on foot. At times, waiting for a store manager before they could access surveillance footage. A process that would be streamlined if that camera were integrated into the real-time crime center and personnel could access that video immediately. But they'll be able to put that information out to officers that are, that are en route here. So within 15 or 30 seconds, as opposed to 45 minutes at the shortest, an hour, or maybe even the next day. The unveiling of this program held at Frankie's Tacos in the River Park neighborhood. The owner there says he's had safety concerns before, especially at night as his last few customers leave and his employees are closing up shop. He says the program will give him peace of mind. We like to be part of this community a lot. Uh, we want this neighborhood to improve, to be safe, that people can walk here at night. We want people to be safe, feel safe every time they walk this avenue. Police saying the added security will also serve as a crime deterrent in the community. It's not just a matter of solving crime when something happens. It's preventing the next one from happening. The deadline for the grant is September 29th. WSBT's Ann Lurie reporting. A nationwide nonprofit has sued Indiana over the way the state handles children within its foster care system. The class action lawsuit was filed in federal court. It contends that the state's practices leave children in the foster care system too long and threatens their safety and stability. The suit claims DCS is violating federal and constitutional law. Ten children listed in the lawsuit that alleges the Department of Child Services, its director, and Governor Eric Holcomb all failed the state's children in the system. This is not a system that's gotten better. Um, It's, in fact, gotten worse. 66 pages detailing the alleged systematic failures of the Department of Child Services. The lawsuit from Nationwide Nonprofit, A Better Childhood, claims violations to the 14th Amendment, the Child Welfare Act, and Americans with Disabilities Act. It alleges DCS's practices and policies leave children in the foster care system too long and threatens their safety and stability. Indiana has one of the highest rates of reentry into care of any place in the country. Um, something is really wrong with a system that is not paying attention to the children, but is paying attention to cutting its population, to not spending money on kids. Executive Director Marsha Lowry says they're looking to add to the 10 plaintiffs on the lawsuit, who she says are representative of the problems Indiana needs to address. Gina Hullett from Stark County is also listed on the lawsuit on behalf of an eight-year-old boy under the pseudonym Miles M., Hullett was the foster mom for four-year-old Judah Morgan, who was abused and killed by his biological father in October 2021 over potty training. While the suit doesn't directly address Judah, it says Miles and his siblings were home at the time of their stepbrother's murder. 
Lowry says they've made changes to child services in other states through litigation. In states that may have some policies that uh, some people might disagree with, um, you still can fix the system if you care about kids. And that's just not happening in Indiana. I also reached out to DCS and it declined to comment. WSBT's Erica Finke reporting. Two dogs and their owner were nearly stabbed to death just one week ago, and today they're back home. The Humane Society of St. Joseph County helped raise money for the dogs and nursed them back to health. They raised almost $15,000 for these dogs. Just one week ago, Sadie Tank and their mom were in critical condition after being stabbed in their Mishawaka home. After being rescued by the Humane Society and taken to the emergency vet in Mishawaka, vets were unsure if one of the dogs would make it. Miraculously, just about a week later, all were reunited. Sarah Stanton, the outreach coordinator of the Humane Society of St. Joseph County, says they set up a fundraiser to pay for the dog's medical bills, and the bills are nearly paid. We also had people come in and bring in, you know, cash and checks and say, you know, this is for the um, dogs that were a victim of the stabbing, and we are able to, you know, set that um, those funds aside specifically for the dogs. The dogs received multiple blood transfusions along with emergency surgery and were overseen by Dr. Katie Harris, the vet who oversees the animals at the shelter, Stanton praising her work. We always say that, you know, treat everyone with kindness. You never know what they're going through. And definitely, if you know a vet, thank them because um, it's a hard profession and we're so grateful for all of the vets um, in our community. The dogs were reunited yesterday with the video posted to the Humane Society Facebook page. Stanton says the moment was heartwarming for her and everyone at the shelter. Our whole goal is to strengthen the bond between animals and their owners. So we really love to see animals in safe and loving homes. And it definitely was very touching for all of us here. The suspect in the stabbing, the victim's 16-year-old son, is being charged as an adult. He faces several charges and is due back in court later this month. WSBT's Gabby Luma reporting. Governor Eric Holcomb has announced the approval of a nearly $30 million grant to improve school safety across the state. State officials say this newly announced grant marks the fifth straight year of record-breaking investments in the safety of Indiana schools. Governor Eric Holcomb announcing the approval of nearly $30 million in matching state grants for the safety of Indiana schools on Tuesday. The money comes from Holcomb's 2023 Next Level Agenda budget. It proposed increasing the secured school safety grant by $25 million each year. Due to additional funding, the board voted to approve all application requests, totaling 605 projects for 474 schools in Indiana. It's great news for us, so it's always good when we we receive grant funding in particular, um, specifically one which we were kind of rely on on an annual continual basis uh, to continue funding, um, you know, programs and quality opportunities that we have already available in the school corporations. Also included in the governor's 2023 agenda is significant modernizing reforms to the secured school safety grants. More than $19 million of the grant money is going towards school resource officers and school law enforcement programs, with another $8 million going to safety equipment technology. School City of Mishawaka receiving a $100,000 award using the funding for just that. This lets us continue to uh, support what we already have in place while also leveraging the opportunity that the community has given us and awarded us by expanding that program over the next couple of years. Uh, And again, ultimately with the end in mind being that we have a resource officer in every one of our schools to keep our staff, 
our students and the community at large safe. The state has also created the Indiana School Safety Hub, which provides resources, training opportunities, and other information aimed at giving schools the necessary tools to keep their students and staff safe. Northern Indiana schools are estimated to receive a little over $3 million in funding. WSBT's Tiana Baxter reporting. A handful of rental houses in Elkhart County are set for demolition, with some of those properties owned by the same landlord. Elkhart County commissioners made the decision that those houses needed to be torn down and say they were unlivable, unsafe, and a blight for neighbors. Neighbors call these homes an eyesore. After discussion at an Elkhart County commissioners meeting, some rental homes in Goshen and Elkhart are coming down. This is a uh, um, an ever-present issue with slumlords and those uh, landlords that re- refuse to correct Uh, safety and living issues that are up to standard. Multiple rental houses are set for demolition in Elkhart County, structures that officials say are unlivable, an issue Brad Rogers says the county commissioners are cracking down on. This week, giving approval to seek out bids for four homes to be knocked down. The spotlight on these homes in particular, highlighted by neighbors filing complaints. With rubble in the driveway and unsecured entrances to the homes, some neighbors say living near one is a safety concern, like Courtney Gibson, who says she's never even seen someone at the rental set to be demolished across from her. It's a sight, sore eyes. It really is. There's stuff in the garage. There's, it's just people break in. That's it. That's why Rogers says it's time to step in. As a county commissioner, we have a responsibility to the taxpayers, meaning the people that live around these houses of blight and unsafe uh, conditions. And we have the we have we're looking out for the people that actually try to rent these things. Two of the homes to be demolished are properties of Ron David Heiser, who Rogers says has been a problem in the past. But he adds there are a handful of landlords in the county they deal with regularly. It's an all-encompassing issue of buildings that need to be up to standards. We're not out to pick on one particular landlord, uh, but we're sending the signal that the county commissioners are tired of this nonsense. And, you know, if you, if you have these properties and you can't manage them, then probably you have too many properties. I reached out to David Heiser but did not get a response. The deadline on a bid for demolition is September 15th. WSBT's Anne Lurie reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM. WSBT.